0: universe and welcome to the seventh episode of insert nerd topic here i'm going to be talking to you guys all about writing today and that's something that unfortunately christopher chris (laughs) my co-partner does not know much about so sorry yeah
1: she's going to be taking the lead on this one i'll chime in with any questions or anything that i have but this is this is all her this is her realm not not mine
0: (laughs) he says that apparently i have more knowledge about this which it is my major this is what i do but really i think if you've read a book or if you've watched a movie, you can pretty much get a certain grasp on how to write creatively.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about what makes a good character and what makes a good world in a story. So we're gonna be. I guess I'll have some things to chime in
0: about. See so. you. Yeah, yeah you'll yeah. have things to talk about. <laughs> um, the thing I think that's most important about this is it's not necessarily for one genre. It's not necessarily strictly sci-fi, it's not fantasy, it's not even strictly fiction. You could use this in non-fiction, except there it's usually fixated. Right. So, let's start with the map of world building. The map. So, I don't know about you guys, but every time I open a book and I see a map in the front few pages, I know it's gonna be a good book.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I love books that have a map, because then, like, as I'm reading, I'm able to kind of go back to the beginning and be like, ooh, that's where they are now, or that's where they're trying to go, or whatever.
0: I love when it's in the front, because it's, like, the first thing you see, mm-hmm. and you're like, ooh, a map. And then you're like, I don't know what any of these places are.
1: Right, exactly. What is that
0: word? I don't know what that is. And then, if you look at it again, like you said, later on, you're like, oh, that makes sense now. Like, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm big journey the whole thing's a big journey and you can't for the most part visualize where they're going without the map right so once you have the map you're like wow Hobbiton and Mordor are really far apart so I think it's important to have a map and I like maps because it helps the reader especially understand where the heck you're going with this yeah so, it really
1: shows tremendous feats accomplished when you've, like, reached one corner of the map from the other.
0: Yeah. Like, in one chapter, it's like, oh, now we're over here. And then, whoop, we're all the way over here. And it's like, it doesn't feel that big of a deal until you can see visually, like, oh, that was a couple hundred miles or something. I don't know. But I think in my writing, I've done some fantasy writing and... In my personal experience, what I've done is I've always drawn a map. Yeah. I think it's important, not just for the reader to follow along, but honestly, it's good for the writer to help follow along too. Because I feel like sometimes, I don't, maybe it's just me, but I forget sometimes where I'm going. Like, I'll be like, okay, so we passed this really specific rock, (laughs) and now we're at this river but I don't remember anything else. <laughs> so it helps to have a little map with little little markings like like Rivendell. Yeah. marked or the a,
1: Mines or, of Moria.
0: A mountain or something <laughs> yeah. where you're like, "Okay, so we're past that, which means we're further from point A and closer to point B, but not that much further." And I think especially like if you have, like, Game of Thrones, where it's, like, a bunch of divided places conquered by different people, mm. it's especially important to be like, oh, okay, so it's this area that's owned by this person, and this area owned by this person, and if they cross into each other's territories, they'll kill each other.
1: <laughs> right. I I also like looking, like, after I've read a book series or after I've watched a show or something... I usually, like, if, if they have a big enough fan base, I usually like looking online to see, oh, a map of the world of where they've been. Like, we've done that with The Witcher recently.
0: Uh, I love The Witcher map.
1: Because, you know, if you're watching the show, you kind of have no idea where they're going. And then once you look at the map, you're like, oh, my God, they've gone considerable distances in a matter of a couple episodes. So,
0: And that's the thing with, like, TV shows, you don't get the map. Yeah. Usually, until you look it up. And so we didn't really know, like, with The Witcher, how far things really were. And then when you finally look at it, you're like, Oh, that was actually a really big deal. And it was like a while.
1: I, I have spent so many hours looking at maps of Westeros from Game of Thrones because just because I'm so like fascinated by that world. And I think, you know, having the map is, is just such a great tool to, to help with the world. Even, even if it's not explicitly mentioned in the books or not drawn up in the books. Um, or in, the, or in the show for that matter. Um, it, it certainly helps to have one somewhere. Even if it's just a, like some rendering of it by, made by some third party, it's still nice to have a general idea.
0: I think most authors that I've talked to have started with a map. I know when I was writing creatively, I haven't in a while. I should probably get back into that. But when I was writing, I started with a map. And I drew just like, random squiggles and i was like this is the border and then you close your eyes and you go boop, on the page and you're like that's where i'm starting that's where the main city is or that's where the main character's starting and then you go boop again and you're like okay that's where we're going exactly it works yeah. to a degree oh, but
1: there's a and there's a river that flows through here yes
0: you have to put a river <laughs> there has to be a river that's there's a mountain here number one rule <laughs> Um And you have to put um all the different cities that they're gonna go to, mm-hmm. even if it's like really small, yeah, where you're gonna meet other characters. I think that's a really important thing. It helps me visualize where my characters are going, and I think honestly that's the main thing to think about when world building is you're building a world, so write it down. Mm-hmm. I know oh, I love maps and when authors that sounds weird like nobody says like oh cartography
1: you're a car, 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 cart like what or no is that the right word Cartography, i don't know i don't know what the word is something with that i <laughs> hope i with have with the car, right word for that.
0: somebody's gonna correct me if it's not but i love seeing maps and i know a lot of authors these days use the maps they have as pre-order incentives or like gifts for people like i know i have a couple i can't even think about how many i have of maps from different books that are just i can hang on the wall mm-hmm. and they're just like posters and i like that because then like even even then i don't have to open the book to well open the map to read right because then i can just hold, have the map on one side and have the book and i'll be like Okay, so here they are in there. And it's easier to follow along and you don't have to flip as much. But I love that and it's there's something about seeing a bunch of maps of worlds that you can't go to or have never seen before that is just neat. Yeah. I feel like that's a little bleh. but it it, it is it's cool because I think especially even in history, you know, they thought the world was one way, and then oh, the Americas. It's like, ooh, that's something new. That's something shiny to look at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's all I really need to say about world building. Um of course, you know, it's gonna differ between sci-fi and fantasy. Uh usually if sci-fi is in the future of Earth or on a different planet, so in that case you have to change like you know, how much oxygen's in the air. Like, in in The Magicians, there's opium in the air. In Fillory. And it's just... There's, there's something. There's always something. Or, like, magical creatures. Or just, like, weird creatures. And you have to decide where they're going to go. Is there one sun? Is there two? Are there more? Can you see other planets? There's always something that you have to keep up with. Are the trees purple? Like
1: or are they you know
0: they might fuchsia
1: be. they might be fuchsia they
0: could be anything you want them to be right um i try to have my world somewhat dare i say realistic
1: right in fiction despite being you know fantasy or sci-fi it's still in the realm of feasible
0: i just don't want people <laughs> to be reading what i'm writing and then be like what right there's a it's a purple trees <laughs> why you have to have a reason to make things really weird. Obviously, if it's a different planet, you can have however many suns you want cuz there's no law about it. I don't know how realistic it is to have two suns planet-wise, but I'm sure I'm sure somebody does.
1: Star Wars has it.
0: That, yeah?
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's like the whole thing with Luke Skywalker's birth is like he was born during the two sons and like the first time he stepped foot on Tatooine was with the two sons. Well, there you go. And he died with the two sons, actually. It was pretty ironic.
0: So That's dark. Yeah, it was pretty dark. It's realistic. I like it. Sort of. I don't know. <laughs> um, Which gets me to characters. Again, this does not have to be specifically fiction, but the way I do it kind of should be. Because... I've always been really good with coming up with random names and whenever I have a friend that's writing something for anything they usually come up to me and are like hey can you give me some random names and I'm like okay well tell me what their personality is and they just don't have an answer or I'll be like what do they look like they don't have an answer you need to start with how they look and how they act before you give them a name for the most part. Sometimes you can do it the other way around, but for the most part, you should start with who they are as a person. So I know what I always do is when I'm making a character, I decide what their role in the story is. And once I know what their role is, I can better figure out their past and how they've interacted with people. Like, were they abused as a child, or? Were they, like, spoiled their whole life? Is that a he or a she? Or an alien of some kind of other age, gender, I don't know, just something. And then you start with that, and you can just go from there and be like, okay, this was their past. Did they grow up with their mother or without, with their father or without, did they have a stepdad? it just everything every little detail matters mm-hmm. and even if the, the reader doesn't know about it you should to a degree obviously you don't have to spell out every minute of their childhood but you should know things like impactful moments in their life yeah um so
1: trauma trauma if they have any
0: there you go that's good we like trauma don't we no <laughs> um uh and i think It's important to keep in mind that this is a character, not an, dare I say, not an extension of you or somebody you know. I know a lot of authors like to write people they know into books. Mm -hmm. But personally, I like to keep mine separate. And I think, I think you should, sort of. Um, So I think the first step to when you have a character's personality developing, here's what I do. I take a personality test in the mindset of my character.
1: Use the Myers-Briggs test?
0: I use... Okay, you can use Myers-Briggs. You can use the Enneagram. Heck, you could use the sorting hat if you think that's going to (laughs) help you. Like...
1: What's your house, by the way? I'm a Slytherin. Same.
0: Did we talk about that one time?
1: I don't know if we mentioned that on the podcast prior, but we have mentioned it in real life prior.
0: Yes. It's important, but like... And I don't use my personality as a point. So I have to remind myself I'm answering these questions as my character. So I'm an INTJ, but I've done some characters that are ENFPs. Mm -hmm. And that's super different from INTJ. And then you just have to be like, okay, how would this personality type this problem or how would they react to this problem because you know like especially for like Harry Potter houses Slytherin is gonna do something different than Gryffindor and Hufflepuff will do something different than Ravenclaw it's just how it is and it helps you differentiate between your characters and it helps them from all looking the same not that all Gryffindors are the same not that all Slytherins are the same it just helps build a boundary between your different types of people so once I have a personality I am not gonna lie I go on random name generators and I find one that has a bunch of different descriptors that I can pick so like there's this one I have I don't remember what it's called but I could find it if I needed to and it's just like I could check like Irish culture or like I want a biblical name or I want an Elvish-sounding name or a Danish-sounding name. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then I can hit uh, gender if it's applicable and just hit shuffle. And what I do is I find things that I think look interesting name-wise and I write a list and I go through and shuffle a while. And then if I find names that I think are somewhat cool but not perfect, I'll take that name and I'll just switch around some letters, take endings from other names and beginnings from other names, and I just mash names together. This is why this works better for fantasy. Yeah. Because, you know...
1: You can have a bizarre name.
0: Nobody cares what your name is. Yeah. Like, I, it, C- Cirilla, like, you're not going to have... Yeah.
1: Who is naming their kid Cirilla?
0: Well, probably some people. Actually,
1: know. that's that's actually kind of a cool name.
0: Daenerys. There, there's that. definitely people the, named oh, Daenerys. No, there's now. people
1: named Daenerys. There's people named Khaleesi, Mother of Dry, like the whole title. There's the people with the whole title going on. <laughs>
0: that's a long name. It's
1: a very long name. Who do you think t-
0: writes that on the birth certificate? I've <laughs> seen people
1: write that on a Starbucks cup. It's pretty funny.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: The whole the whole title.
0: <laughs> is that child abuse?
1: putting putting all of Daenerys's titles yeah
0: on. I feel like it's like you're turning in a paper
1: <laughs> yeah I mean
0: spend the entire time <laughs> of the test writing your name
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah so try and keep your name I don't want to say keep it short because if it's supposed to be long just don't make them all well long.
1: I mean with a character like Daenerys though she that's a title she starts as just Daenerys Targaryen yeah and then she becomes Daenerys Stormborn and then she just gradually adds all these titles as she conquers people and, you know, more marries people or whatever. Um, so she gradually just gets all these titles.
0: By the end, nobody b- has the time end, to say that. B-
1: by the end, people are dying as she's saying that. So it's <laughs> like, you know.
0: Who's got time for that? Who's got time? Or like Dumbledore has mm-hmm. a really long name. Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. But it's fitting.
1: But it's wizardly. It's very like, you know,
0: I like it's it. It's very
1: head, very headmaster wizard, wizard, wizardly thing.
0: But the thing um, is, is you're, nice. not, you're not going to make Harry's name no five because, words long. No, because it's too much. After that, you have to have boundaries, and I think that's an important thing. Um, I think okay, this is something that I know is probably not that realistic because I'm sure. let me just ask have you met another christopher in your life
1: i've met a lot yes
0: yes that's my point in books you're not gonna do that you would never meet another chris because that would confuse the reader chris and chris are talking which chris is the other chris
1: exactly yeah you can't have two of the same names unless you call them by a different name like if you call like if you have two matthews for example and you call one by their last name and that's just their name throughout the rest of the book. Yeah. But you know you know from context that it's a Matthew. But yeah. you don't directly call him Matthew for example.
0: But I know a lot of authors even try to keep like first letters different like they won't have like a Jen and a Julia mm-hmm. because it's like that gets jumbled easily too. And so you'll have like Fran and Julia. And try and keep it different, because then you're like... that it, it, makes, it makes it easier so you don't get them confused.
1: Every main character in The Magicians has a different starting first letter. See? hmm
0: That's how they do it. Yeah. It's how you keep everything in line.
1: Yeah, it works.
0: I heard that's also why they changed um, Margo's name from Janet. Because it's too you similar. You would have had Janet
1: and Julia. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's really similar and they think people would get confused by it.
1: That makes complete sense. And
0: yeah. I, I have to agree to, you know, for the most part. Obviously, I would meet another Caroline. I have met other Carolines, but in the book, that's used. you just don't need to confuse the reader like that. Right. There's no reason to do that. Um, so then, once you have your name, then you can start writing. This is what you do before you start writing.
1: These are all, all the building blocks you need. is
0: isn't that? Isn't that a lot?
1: That is a lot. You really do need. You really need, but you really need motivation to do this.
0: You do need motivation That's it's that's a, hard. It, yeah,
1: that, that in itself is a feat. Because um, I know you've you know you've had motivation to write before, and you also have lacked motivation to write before at times, and it it can be a real challenge to to try to push yourself to write as much. And you know, I even experienced this. I don't obviously don't write stories or anything, but I even experienced this writing papers. Writing papers is a sort of different
0: beast. because it's
1: just awful. <laughs> writing papers just sucks no matter who you are. Um un- unless you're someone who loves papers in which case
0: apologies. Uh,
1: yeah, you're, I'm sorry. Um but yeah, just finding the motivation to write anything can be a real challenge. Obviously, yeah papers are hard because yeah
0: because, they're because they require
1: a lot of they require a lot of like research or you know you have to think of an opinion
0: creative writing takes a lot of research too sometimes yeah. like like if you do even true crime like oh my gosh mm-hmm. blood spatter analysis bone structure just all of it but when you're like,
1: creative writing you're more pulling stuff and we're doing research in your own head you're yeah. you're trying to find things that are in your head somewhere that you've either you've had them ideas forever and you've wanted to spill them on paper or you're digging deep and trying to find something that you've once had that you now can in, incorporate into your story in some way.
0: I think my recommendation for that is just jot everything down. Mm-hmm. Every little thing.
1: Just have a big notebook.
0: Yeah. And just start listing things that come to your mind. Um, I have asked many authors over the years what they say to, what their one piece of advice is to aspiring writers. And they all say, almost every single one of them says write every day. Doesn't matter how much, just write something. it doesn't matter what. Yeah.
1: Just write something.
0: You might delete it the next day, Mm -hmm. but write. Write something. Get the juices flowing. And it's always going to be Better in the end. Because you can, as my friend Taylor used to say, you can fix something that's awful. You can't fix something that's not written. True. So, yeah. you can always change it, guys. You just have to start by writing it. Start on page one and just go until you run out of ideas and then you can do whatever you want with it. Um, I think that's all I have to cover for today, though. Uh, I'll come back with another... About different things. Maybe I'll come back about true crime stuff. I don't know yet. Yeah. But uh, until then, next week, we're going to talk about tech.
1: Yeah. So we're going to be talking about kind of the, the future of the next next generation of gaming consoles. So we're going to be talking about the new Xbox and PlayStation and a little bit on what what is to be expected after that, such as virtual reality and things like that. excited it's gonna be a lot of fun
0: i'm really dumb when it comes to this stuff so this might be interesting
1: yeah we're gonna switch roles a little bit so i'll be the one doing most of the talking
0: (laughs) should be pretty good all right well thanks everyone
1: yeah stay tuned next week
0: Insert Nerd Topic Here is hosted by Caroline Vott and Chris Rogers.
1: Connect with us on our social media pages, on Twitter, at Nerd Topics Pod, on Instagram, at Nerd Topics Podcast, on Facebook, Insert Nerd Topic Here Podcast, or at Nerd Topic Podcast, or subscribe on YouTube, Insert Nerd Topic Here.
0: Reach out to us via email at insertnerdtopics at gmail.com. New episodes release every Saturday at noon Central Time. Thanks for listening.